any distance from the dream, Eliza could dismiss it as ridiculous. She had not done, and nor would she ever do, that. But when the dream entangled her, none of it mattered. Not reason, not sense, not even the laws of physics. The terror and the guilt smothered it all. It sucked. When the sobs finally subsided and she lifted her head, Gabriel was sitting on the edge of her bed looking compassionate and alarmed. There was this pert civility about Gabriel Edinger that suggested a better than fair chance of bow ties in his future. Maybe even a monocle. He was a neuroscientist, probably the smartest person Eliza knew, and one of the nicest. Both of them were research fellows at the Smithsonian's National Museum of Natural History, the NMNH, and had been friendly, while not quite friends, for the past year until Gabriel's girlfriend moved to New York for her postdoc, and he needed a roommate to cover the rent. Eliza had known it was a risk, cross-pollinating life hours with work hours, for this exact reason. This, screaming, sobbing. It wouldn't take much digging for an interested party to ascertain the depths of abnormal upon which she'd built this life like laying planks over quicksand, it sometimes seemed. But the dream hadn't troubled her for a while, so she'd given in to the temptation to pretend she was normal, with nothing but the normal concerns of any 24-year-old doctoral student on a tiny budget. Dissertation pressure, evil lab mate, grant proposals, rent. Monsters. I'm sorry, she said to Gabriel. I think I'm okay now. Good. After an uncomfortable pause, he asked brightly, cup of tea? Tea. Now there was a nice glimpse of normal. Yes, Eliza said, please. And when he ambled off to put on the kettle, she composed herself, pulled on her robe, rinsed her face, blew her nose, regarded herself in the mirror. She was puffy and her eyes were bloodshot. Awesome. She had pretty eyes normally. She was accustomed to getting compliments on them from strangers. They were big and long-lashed and bright, at least when the whites weren't pink from sobbing, and several shades lighter brown than her skin, which made them seem to glow. Right now, it chilled her to note that they looked a little crazy. You're not crazy, she told her reflection. And the statement had the ring of an affirmation often uttered a reassurance needed and habitually given. You're not crazy, and you're not going to be. Deeper down ran another more desperate thought. It will not happen to me. I'm stronger than the others. Usually, she was able to believe it. When Eliza joined Gabriel in the kitchen, the oven clock read 4 a.m. Tea was on the table along with a pint of ice cream open with a spoon sticking out. He gestured to it. Nightmare ice cream, family tradition. Really? Yeah, actually. Eliza tried for a moment to imagine ice cream as her own family's response to the dream. But she couldn't. The contrast was just too stark. She reached for the carton. Thanks, she said. She ate a couple of bites in silence, took a sip of tea, all the while tensed for the questions to begin, as they surely must. What do you dream about, Eliza? How am I supposed to help you if you won't talk to me, Eliza? 
What's wrong with you, Eliza? She'd heard it all before. You were dreaming about Morgan Toth, weren't you? Gabriel asked. Morgan Toth and his pillowy lips? Okay, so she hadn't heard that. In spite of herself, Eliza laughed. Morgan Toth was her nemesis, and his lips were a fine subject for a nightmare, but no, that wasn't even close. I don't really want to talk about it, she said. Talk about what? Gabriel asked, all innocence. What is this it you speak of? <laughs> Cute, but I mean it. Sorry. Okay. Another bite of ice cream. Another silence cut short by another non-question. I had nightmares as a kid, Gabriel offered. For about a year, really intense. To hear my parents tell it, life as we knew it was pretty much suspended. I was afraid to fall asleep.